Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pearl Mania 500. I don't know why I welcomed them back. Um, well, maybe they're doing that thing where you listen to a lot of podcasts back to back. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. They're just in the middle of it, like, like watching a lot of Netflix. Well, we're in the middle of it right now. We are? Yeah, well, because it's like a rainy day. We're both in pajamas. We both ate soup. <laughs> yeah. I begged you. To I'm leave. in the middle of something right now. Yeah, I begged you to leave the house. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> you said no. I woke up this morning in my pajamas, took a shower and put on different pajamas. Yeah. That, and I made a, my goal for the day to just do that. Yeah, because it's the darkest, grayest, rainiest sun day of all time yeah you can't expect me to leave the house if any of the listeners hear any sort of tapping in the background that's just that, rain that is rain hitting all the our outboard air conditioning unit <laughs> that is sticking out of this room that i stupidly put in a month too early into the window because you're just like everybody else you get a little taste of that tricky like march warmth and you're like i'll put all my sweaters away and it's like it's too soon yeah april's lying yeah, April is a liar. April's a liar. That being said, uh, this episode is like all of our episodes where a husband, awesome. a husband and wife duo do a deep dive on a topic and then lore vomit them on the other. Yeah. So there you go. That's the intro to the show. <laughs> That's the intro to the show. With that, let's hear from His Name Was Dusk and our poppin' theme song. Ooh. This is our 16th episode, right? This is our 16th episode. I just yeah. noticed after listening to that song at least 16 times that when he verbally goes, whoosh, whoosh. you're just noticing that now. <laughs> like, no, I heard the whip sound. Yeah, but I didn't realize it. I was looking at you him. while we were playing it through the headphones, and you had such a quizzical look on your face. And I I'm was like, thinking is there something a lot wrong? of thoughts. No, I was thinking, but then I just heard it. The whoosh, but it's like so clearly him making the sound with just I had thought it was a whip noise. I didn't realize it was just him doing it. Wait, for real? Yeah. I don't trust any of your research on anything. You, you fell for that. You should not. No one should because we're not actually journalists or professional no. researchers. We just have fun. We're just two people that on the day after work hours and on the weekends just deep dive into the internet. 100%. So we can uh talk to each other about stuff. Yeah. 
yeah. and then record it and people can listen to it. Yeah, exactly. This I'm not a professional. No, you're I definitely not. I went to not. community college. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. We both went to community college. I graduated college. community college. So did I. <laughs> I have an associate's degree in general studies. Yeah, general studies salute. Oh, no, fuck off. <laughs> Um, so we have, there's a couple of things. I know that you had a up top that you wanted to give an update on because again, the Kim Kardashian episode oh, keeps yep. giving. Listen, hold on. Let me open the computer. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, listen, if you've been listening and I really hope you've been listening in order and maybe that you're in the middle of, uh, binging a bunch of episodes because the icon of innovation, Jolo back in the headlines. Okay. Jolo's never going to leave the forefront of my mind. Because he's clearly never going to be caught, but he keeps popping up. And this past week, food the rapper from the Fuji's Praz, yeah, all, all, his real name is Michael or Michelle, Michael. I think it might be Michael. Um, but Praz, we can go we'll with Praz. I'm okay. just saying, I'm really looking at it. it. It's kind of hard to read a name, isn't it? Wow, it's really difficult. Okay, you know what? This isn't about you. Okay. This is about Praz. So he was found guilty in a multi-million dollar extortion trial for taking $100 million from the Wolf of Wall Street producer to influence Barack Obama to extradite Chinese ally, a Chinese ally of Steve Bannon. That's the headline on this Daily Mail article. <laughs> so I'm going to read it a little. It, and then you know how they do the bullet points? It says, Rapper Praz, who since the Fuji split has styled himself as a connector of inf influential individuals and political activists, has been found guilty of fraud. Uh, he became embroiled in the complicated web spun by Jolo, the Malaysian businessman charged with massive fraud who remains on the run. The New Jersey-born rapper faces up to 20 years in pr prison at sentencing. Uh, a date has not been set yet. But, uh, yeah, so when I had told you the story yeah. of 1MDB, I had brought up that at one of the bigger parties he threw, he, the Fugees were there. Yeah, you did. They were... But you couldn't remember the name, to yeah, which there was, there a, was a lot of comments on the like, Patreon about... people just screaming, the Fugees, she's trying to say the Fugees. <laughs> I know, and both of us, like, I... Because I had no I, idea what you were talking and about. And I couldn't remember, and you I didn't write get, it down. Yeah. Because, of course, again, just um, a skilled researcher. But, but here's what's amazing about mm. this, right? We're on episode 16. Yeah. Uh, this began with episode 12. Yeah. Which is titled, It All Starts With Ray J. Yeah. And uh, to me, I think at this point, Ray J is the same <laughs> as like the the Hadron, the CERN Hadron Collider. I don't know what that is. So there's a lot of conspiracy theorists, like, you know, like Mandela Effect and all that stuff. Okay. There's a lot of them believe that in 2012, mm -hmm. when they turned on the particle accelerator. All right. That that broke the universe because everything has felt like it's gone crazy since then. Oh, my God. My argument is that, no, everything went crazy the second we all saw Ray J's dick. <laughs> and that broke everything. <laughs> Yeah, I think okay. I didn't it know had about good that lighting, thing. Good um, editing. There was a story. There was a producer. Her name was Chris Jenner. <laughs> She's taking good shots and good editing. Yep. Um. Yeah. So this will look good on the DVD case. <laughs> oh God! You know what? She's a woman of business. She is. So yeah, basically, uh, one of the Fujis again, friend of Jolo, uh, has been charged, and it's it's crazy. Like it's crazy, and he's considered a Chinese spy. Yeah. That was part of his charges. Well, and that was the same thing. The other guy, Elliot um, Broidy, that we talked about at the end of last week's episode, mm -hmm. who, you know, you only like glancingly mentioned during the Jolo episode. Yeah. He was one of the last people pardoned by Donald Trump in the last hour of Donald Trump's presidency. And he was also arrested for the same thing. It's the same thing that a lot of different people 
fall into when it comes to international espionage. They can't always catch them on everything, but there's kind of a blanket one of just like, hey, you never registered that you were working for a foreign government. (laughs) Um, You didn't file that piece of paper. Uh, And then you're like, well, if I had registered I was working for the foreign government, would you still let me do it? And they're like, no. Well, if you would pay us. They were paying you to try to get close to Barack Obama. Yeah. Come on. I know. Come on, guys. But the fact they went with a Fuji. That's the best part. My favorite was uh, uh, all the people on Black Twitter were talking about this why Tupac didn't like them. Yeah. (laughs) This was the reason. (laughs) Tupac Tupac was right about everything. Tupac was right about everything. All right. So let's talk about something that I hope Tupac would be right about. (laughs) I don't know if Tupac would listen to our podcast, babe. I feel like. (laughs) He wouldn't. No, it was 100% wouldn't. First thing he'd be like. Why is there radio coming from my phone? <laughs> he, he's been dead for a very long time. What is going on with Jada? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, somewhere there's somewhere there's a listener overseas who's like, I don't get any of these references. I'm and sorry. you know what? We're not going to explain them. No. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. So are you ready? Because mm-hmm. we have some Hey Huns. Okay, great. Hey Huns. Let's meet our team leaders. Team leads. Let me move my microphone ever so slightly. All and right. now we're going to get into our first one. So we have, I believe, 18 this week, Ooh, which has been pretty legal, nice. Legal to vote. What? 18, right? That's when you're allowed to vote. I'm glad you went with vote. Yeah. Okay. That's not usually the 18 and legal that most... Okay. That's fine. All right. So we're going to start out. <laughs> R.I.P. Jerry Springer. We're going to start out here with our first one, the Hey Hun Hacker. Hey Hun Hacker. <laughs> After that, we have. I'm silly today. Yeah, you got the silliness. We haven't left the house. We're going crazy. It is very dark We're outside. We're fucked up on soup and craziness. <laughs> yeah. After that, we have Spianky. Wait, Spianky? That's how I'm pronouncing hey, it. Hey, hon. Maybe Spianky? No, I think you're right. All right. After that, we have Nicholas Smith. Hey, Nick Smith. After that, we have Kelly Basil. Hey, Kelly Basil. Hey, After hon. that, you're going to love this name. Okay, I'm ready. Mrs. P deserves 18 chickens. Thank you. Thank you for understanding what I deserve and need. And I'm going to make that happen for myself by joining city council and making it legal. <laughs> I told you it's already legal up to a point. I think you no, can't I want to go than, past the point. I know. I think you can't have more than 10. I'm I saying think they said under that if 10, I own a, land, yeah. no government should tell me how many chickens I can put on it. Okay. okay? All right. All right. All right. And, and if I have to run for government. Win just to change that, and then like uh, what's it called when you step down? Re- uh, Recuse myself? No, no resign. Resign. Yeah, and then I'll resign after that, I get my that's chickens. That's your only thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're coming in for. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be like the James K. Polk of <laughs> local city administration. I'm here to do one thing, and it's to raise the chicken number. <laughs> yeah. And oh my god. I'll make no promises. Keep yeah. none of them. <laughs> and after that, after that, there's just this. I can already picture a stand up with a lo- stand off. <laughs> with a local police surrounding our house. They're like, it's like the Amon Bundy Ranch all over again. You're like, you can't take my damn chickens. <laughs> have you so, seen yeah. these egg prices? Yeah, exactly. After that, we have Debt Pistons 41. Debt Pistons 41. Hey, hon. I'm assuming it's for the, the Detroit Pistons, the basketball team. Oh, okay, cool. And I'm assuming that's a 41. See, this is a weird thing with. Um, Maybe you should stop assuming. No, because because here's the thing. It's with fonts, right? Mm-hmm. Like the internet fonts, like one capital I, like what happened to dashes on those, right? Mm. Like when you have like a one with a little 
with a little angle at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When a yeah. capital I had two lines on them, instead it's just one line. They're like, well, it looks better. I'm like, well, I don't know if you just wrote a lowercase L, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an I, mm-hmm. or the number one. It's very confusing. I'm well, really it's definitely sorry. not a one because I can see a one up above that. Yeah, for the chickens, it's the one in the So it might be chickens, four I? I? Okay. And. Four L? <laughs> After that, we have Erica. Hey, Erica. After that, we have Sheets Gang. Boo. No, but oh, Boo. come on. Oh, come Wawa on. Gang for life. Boo. <laughs> yeah, well, gang, gang. Bye, gang. Wait, but I have to say something um, controversial yet brave. Yeah, Sheets Back is when I could eat um, sandwiches like that. Yeah. Sheets, meatball subs. So much better. Oh, my God. They're so much fucking better. Honestly, listen. 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 I, was, I would fucking drive to a Sheets to get a meatball sub. Y'all, it was a reflexive <laughs> boo. All right? That's just, I'm used to, we're, we're big into tribalism here <laughs> in southeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. So seeing somebody throw up a Sheets gang. Yeah. Immediately, I had to go to bat. Exactly. But yeah. honestly, Wawa Hoagies have been mm. kind of trash for a long time. Sheets has good coffee, too. On it, listen. It's, it's just good a, coffee. It's just they have a better. It's not bad. It's good. It's not bad. It's better. It's not better. It's not better. We can't say it's better. Listen, I'm I not can. saying it's better. All right, that's fine. After that, again, overseas listeners, like, what the fuck is happening right now? There are two gas stations. <laughs> Americans consider gas station food something worthy of picking teams over. That's yeah. where we're at. In the life. worst part is I don't even think of them as gas stations. Yeah, I think of them as eateries that happen to also serve gas. No. 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 We it have is... strong opinions on the gas station food where we yeah, eat. That's a, there are literal gang lines drawn in our neighborhoods. You can't have Wawa's east of this highway. If you have Wawa's Mm-mm. west of this, if I see a sheets, there is a series of hillbilly murderers running about. And then some guy comes in and goes, well, listen, I, I was thinking about building a turkey hill. And, and then like, we burn it the fuck down. This is a royal farms household. Okay. <laughs> That is four different southeastern Pennsylvania gas, gas stations, stations that people that, eat at. That all <laughs> serve uh, more food, more food than like the uh, like the old uh, Warsaw Pact countries. Yeah. All right. After that, we have Aaron Lemmers. Hey, hun. After that, uh, I feel bad sometimes because like every now and then we hit a name and we fucking go on a tangent about it. Yeah. And then we're like, Aaron Lemmers. Hey, hun. And then we move on. Aaron, listen. No, that happens. That's fine. I know. I hope they understand. After that, we have Crystal Turburger. Hey, Crystal Turburger. That's a fun name. That is a fun name. That's like a character on Bob's Burgers. That would be a Bob's Burgers character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. After that, yeah. And you know what? And after like, oh, this is fucked. But uh, because the next person we're not going to have as much for. But I just picture like Crystal Turburger. Mm -hmm. I almost called her Turf Burger. Whoa. (laughs) Uh, I I picture Crystal opens a place like, you know how there's always the empty store in Bob's Burgers? Like she opens a Crystal store next door, but it's called Crystal Turburgers. And then people keep going in there for burgers. And and she's she's like, like, no, "No, we got to go next door. And now they're enemies. Yeah. And then she um, turns Jimmy Pesto in for being a January 6th. Yes. (laughs) We live in hell. <laughs> After that, we have Rafael Ramirez. Oh, hey, hon. After that, we have Emma Wyke. Hey, hon. After that, we have Azra Hostetler. Hey, hon. After that, we just had the name just says Boogaloo. Boog- Electric Boogaloo. I hope. I hope it's not Civil War Boogaloo. Okay, don't bring this down. Okay, I have not had enough caffeine. There's a Boogaloo boys are a thing. I don't know what that is. They want Civil War Two Electric Boogaloo. Why? Because they're sad. Oh. Remember during Gamergate and I no, said I'm not going to no, explain things? No, not Gamergate again. I barely made it through that. After that, we have Mark Myers. <laughs> hey, Mark. Hey, hon. After that, we have Seth. Hey, hon. After that, we have a Canadian. 
Does that all it says? The no, Canadians? no. It's, they have a Canadian flag oh, and they okay. paid a Canadian money. Oh. And their name? Mm? Is this thing on? I like that. Is this thing on? <laughs> and finally, Paige Shirtleff. Shirtleff? Yep. Nice. Hey, hon. Hey, hon. That was our Hey Huns for this episode. Hey, hon. Let's meet our team leader. Well, we already did. Okay. Yeah, well, I just wanted to hit the button. I need to hit it. I want to hit it more often. Before we get into my topic, do you want to talk about our new button? We do have a new button. It's- I don't know. We already discussed whether or not the new button is actually a, would work for this episode. No, but. no. It doesn't. I, it's not about it working for this episode. Uh-huh. Because like I said, it's a sometimes button. It, yeah, it's because not an all the time button. based on what we do, it's sadly probably not going to get used that much. Because the things we cover, um, it's really not going to work. But yeah. the button itself is so good. Yes. And it's from His Name Was Dusk. Yeah. And we, again, appreciate you so much. All right. And here is the premiere, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I I could have programmed an applause button before this. No. But I don't have it ready. But no. it's just, ah, the new bumper premiere button sound effect from His Name Was Dusk, Dusk, Dusk. <laughs> And that's our no Nazi guarantee. <laughs> that's right. It's a no Nazi guarantee, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We are going so to on the episodes where we're like, I guarantee my story will not talk about Nazis. Yep. We have a button for it. We, have, we do have a button. We feel like we will not be pushing this button that often. <laughs> we're hopeful. We're, we're so hopeful. very hopeful. But y'all, I don't understand. I don't. I mean, I understand. But you should realize by now that like it always ends up somehow with Nazis. I didn't try to get there. But this episode, I don't think so. So but gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna hit the button. Don't put that on Do me. Do not make a liar out of his name was Dust. No, this is because not this fair. episode, episode sixteen, is certified. And that's a no Nazi guarantee. I love it. Oh my god. I love it. So, are you ready to start the episode? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to hit a classic button. Oh, We're gonna another turn the page. button. Okay. I have a lot of buttons to you push. Gotta, oh, my, you'd be pushing my buttons all day. Pearl mania, pearl mania, pearl mania, pearl mania. 500. So, you know, it's always very cruel about how I make a really good joke and then you tell me no yeah. and then I have to cut that out of the bit. Well, cuz you said it's out of context. Well, you made it but then accidentally turned it off with my uh response to you and it just sounded m- mean. I didn't accidentally turn it off. It was purpose. Oh. <laughs> You want to tell people what your joke was about? Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely not. Because once you made your point, it made a lot of sense. Oh, okay. Great. So, okay, cool. I agree with you about the edit, but now that we've edited it in a Uh, way where you just sound like you always get... I'm getting really really sunnied here in this Sunny and Cher relationship. All right? Yeah. Look out for trees, babe. Wow. So, listen. Yeah. Okay. So, we had a poll. Because we, we do polls. On the Patreon. Where the team leads get to vote on the yep. topics yep. that we do our research on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we put up a poll, and the winning uh, topic was Hawaiian Mormon moms yeah. that have like TikTok accounts and vlogs and stuff like that. Yes. Okay. And so, uh, so was it two weeks ago? Because you had the Gamergate one. So yeah. like two weeks ago, 
um, or whatever the poll concluded, it won by a very slim margin. Yes. And so I started doing research on it. Now, this isn't something that this topic isn't something that I naturally came into on my own and then got excited about. It was actually suggested in, I think, a comment on our Patreon. Somebody like said, you should look into this. I yeah. think you think it was funny. And I was like, oh, add it to my list of things. If the team leads like it, I'll deep dive, right? And so I, I re-downloaded TikTok. <laughs> so yes, I you did. did. I re-downloaded TikTok because I, I don't know if the listeners understand, but I like don't keep it on my phone because whatever type of ADHD I have, I like will lose two hours of my life in TikTok. And so I can't like have it on my phone all the time because it just messes with my dopamine in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But so I re-downloaded it to look up the Mormon housewives of Hawaii, right? And now do you have you seen them on your TikTok? I know. My TikTok for the most part mm. is uh, a horrifying hellscape of yeah. people screaming conspiracy theories at me all day. Yeah. While other people come in to debunk them. Okay. And so I like the debunkers mm. because I'm like, no, I more people need to see that this is debunked. Yeah. But now I'm one of the few people that see debunk videos all oh. the time because the mm. algorithm's like, well, you keep liking them, so we keep showing. I've and I'm like, no, yeah. I'm liking to send them deeper out into everyone else's FYP page. And then the algorithm's like, you're too deep now, buddy. (laughs) You're too deep now. Yeah. So anyway, as the future Alex Jones yourself. um, So I did, I started looking up the the Mormon TikTok family vloggers. And here, I'm going to describe them all for you. Okay. Okay, They're all basically the same. Do they all have good teeth? They all have great teeth. Okay. Okay. They're all very blonde. They're all very tan. Okay. They all look like surfers. Okay, wait. I have to. Oh, I'm already. Wrong. I feel like. I feel like. Mm? Hear me out. Okay. Probably shouldn't have de- debuted the no Nazi button before this one. I literally told you not to hit the button. <laughs> I said I can't make this promise. You just described a <laughs> you, bunch of Aryan supermen. I so literally said I don't think the button is, should be for this episode because I don't know where this is gonna go. <laughs> and then you hit the button prematurely, Mister. All right, don't talk about me prematurely hitting buttons. Okay. So, wait, but I do need to make a caveat. So, most of them, not yes. all, most of them, very thin, white, Eurocentric, blonde, um, and then they all have babies, lots of babies. Yeah, of course. And uh, the babies are very blonde and blue-eyed. Yep. And they're all, now again, this is the Hawaiian Mormons. Okay. And so, they're all, all of them are like surfers and on the beach and they're all like eating fresh fruit on the beach every day and like seemingly no one has a job okay you don't see any of the husbands or wives again we're only husbands and wives here okay okay (laughs) there is no alphabets being used Mm -hmm. and they're they're just it's so weird because you watch them and it's like they're they're constantly uploading on all of their you know youtube videos their family vlogs their tiktoks their instagrams and nobody is ever going to a job so they're all making profit off of what their social media, yeah, right? Yeah. Because but you're watching their job. You're this watching is their, their job. job. They're watching their job. And um, the other thing is that they're um, very clearly exploiting their children. And it's... Uh, let me hit that button. Allegedly. In my opinion... There we go. Putting your kids online in this specific way um, to monetize the views you get on your kids that are running around in bathing suits all the time is it makes me uncomfortable. Okay. Suspicious. Yeah. I don't like it. And 
So and now your algorithm is fucked with those oh, things God, because I, you I, searched and, these. And then now TikTok's like, so you deleted me again. So now it's going to take time to just like a, oh, a crock pot. Like it just because when I reopen that thing after the topics I look up, I open it and it's chaos. <laughs> it just sits in <laughs> like a, an unclean cock crock pot. <laughs> yeah, it's just like just on low, just like simmering for weeks. Um, so yeah, I ruined it again. Yeah. Um. And so we meet, I meet them all. I'm not going to get into their names because they're all just like so boring. And okay, so the main way they're making their money is allegedly exploiting their children for views. And also this idea of like their aspirational lifestyle. Okay. Because it, it's all the aesthetic that they're selling. They're selling this dream yeah. of you too could be a beautiful family that gets to go on the beach all day and they're always traveling. They're always saying, anyone just, this is what irked me after watching a lot of them, is they're all saying they're going on vacation. It's like, oh, we're going on vacation. Yeah, they live and I'm in, like, what are you fucking talking about? You're going on live, vacation. They live in Hawaii. You live a vacation. Yeah. You don't go to a fucking cubicle and have some guy uh, passive aggressively and condescendingly talk down to you all day. Yeah. You are a vacation. Shut up. Yeah. But they're like, we're just so stressed out, so we need to go on yeah, a vacation. You didn't, you didn't stop eating real pudding and only buy snack packs that you can keep in a drawer on your desk because some guy that you've never fucking met would steal the actual pudding that needed to be refrigerated in the group refrigerator. Mm-hmm. That's never happened to you. No. You get to eat fruit directly from a tree in Hawaii. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, real, so, real quick. Uh, oh, go ahead. Real quick, because I have, the, this is this is the most that I can touch. I've never been to Hawaii. Yeah. Never been. Neither have I. Okay. Have a friend, though. Mm-hmm. My college roommate. Yeah. He moved to Hawaii. Okay. And you met him the one time. Oh, right. The cheese guy. Yeah, the cheese guy. <laughs> Don't say it like that. He is now. So a buddy of mine who I, I was roommates with in college, mm-hmm. he um, got a, he got his degree in political science. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm going to be a political scientist and I'm going to work in politics. So he moved immediately to Washington, D.C. after he got his degree. Okay. <clears throat> Could not get a job in politics. All right. Because he's not connected. He didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. So he started working as a bartender. Yep. And then a friend of his was living out in uh, Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So he flew out to Hawaii to visit this person. And he was laying on, sorry, he was laying on a hammock, just like, you know, drinking rum drinks out of a coconut. As one does. And he turns to his buddy, who's already out there, and he goes, yeah, I got to pack up soon. I got to go fly home. And his buddy said, why? Yeah. And he said, because I got to go to work. And he looked at him dead in the face and said, dude, you can be a bartender in Hawaii. Yeah. And he went, oh, shit. And he's like, what's what's back? What's back in Arlington, Virginia that you uh, that you need that you can't just get here? And he thought about it and he was like, meth. <laughs> no, not even that. He was just because this was like that 2010. was a joke about how there's a lot of meth in not Arlington. About him. OK, <laughs> in, in where in Hawaii or yeah. Arlington? Hawaii. Oh, there's a lot of meth there. Mm hmm. Okay. We're not going to get into that here. Well, you've ruined my story. I'm sorry. So it's fine. OK, but OK. So now we- I know what it's like to be you. Yeah, <laughs> now you know. I'm just anyway. He from stayed. He stayed in Hawaii, and now he's a cheesemonger, and he's been yeah. never been happier. And see, I said he's the cheese guy because he's a cheesemonger. I know because the way you said he's a cheese guy. Okay, listen, I respect a cheesemonger. Okay, back to the Mormons. Um, listen, I also thought that way back when I was bartending. I almost got a job as a bartender on a cruise ship, but you know how I feel about cruise ships. Yeah, that one. And I was great. like, mm. but like the money was so good. Yeah. But once you're on that boat, you're fucking you're trapped on that boat. Yeah. It's like a big old elevator in the water. You I'm know, not about that. You life. know, I thought about being on a cruise ship. What? I thought about either being like a cruise director. Okay. Or one of the people that like runs like the kid daycare. Oh my God. Both of those would be such a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
such both a bad of, idea. Both of those end in charges <laughs> for like wildly different reasons. <laughs> Throws child off of boat. Yeah. <laughs> because kid kicked him an ankle. No, what even because the kid would be like, no, man, like Xbox is so much better than PlayStation. I'm like, I'm why are we arguing this? And I would just push the kid and he would go flying off. Yeah. See? Yeah. That's and so inappropriate. Yeah. Okay. So what was I saying before we went on this crazy segue? What they're selling. They don't have jobs. They don't have jobs. And what they're selling the viewer is, um, you know, potentially exploitive imagery of their children and then um, an aspirational lifestyle. So it's like this whole idea of like, you too can do this if you just like eat like us and think the way we do and act like, like and they sell these like classes and they do retreats where you can pay like thousands of dollars to go surfing for a weekend with them and we'll have empowering talks and like you too can learn how to live this lifestyle and get to like oh yeah we were talking about their vacations i was watching this one family who literally live in hawaii full-time they're always on the beach always swimming around and then they went on vacation to fiji Mm. and i'm like okay number one what do you need vacation from too and then number two you're just going to a different beach this is just different what what's going on like i was it's uh insane so what happened was um oh is that i got really bored with their content and if i really got like there there was drama but the drama was like it wasn't uh, it wasn't kardashian it wasn't it wasn't like super interesting and what happened is my brain was going right to like i like i don't want to deep dive into the exploitation of children online it's so dark and it gets super dark real quick and there's no way to like make light of it um, because kids can't give consent. And so I was just like, I, I don't want to go down this hole. But what I was thinking while I was reading it was, how the fuck did Mormons get to Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming a plane or a boat. Well, this is the thing. I just like was like, I don't understand why there's so many Mormons in Hawaii. Yeah. So then that's actually what I started doing. <laughs> so this is actually not about the influencers. I don't really, I couldn't focus you on couldn't them, give a shit. but I really deep dove into how the fuck they got there. <laughs> so I hope you're ready This for is it. a 30 minute intro. Um, about my new history podcast about the, uh, the traveling the, Mormons, the traveling, uh, what are, they're the LDS church, Latter-day yeah. Saints. Okay. So, uh, I did. And okay, real quick. I just have to also put in the side note is that the. The church, the Latter-day Saints church, the Mormon church, I'm going to use them interchangeably. Um, They know about the vloggers. They know about the TikTokers. They know about all of it. And they don't, they like, they won't co-sign them, but they really like them. Because like the church itself has a media department. Because this is part of missionary work. It's part of missionary work. So they're showing you that if you join the Mormon church, look how the Mormons live. Beautiful, scenic, like. Better than you. Better than you in every way. Yeah. And so it is. you need to know that um, the church knows about this. They like it, except for when things go terribly wrong, like those soft swingers from the other side of Mormon TikTok. Remember that? Remember when I talked that to you about that? Yeah, you did talk to me I talked about to that. You, I talked yeah. to you about that for a bit. Um, but so like when that happened, the church was like, well, they're not like, oh, we don't. But like every, all the other Mormon TikTokers are like, yeah. yeah, they're cool, whatever. So as long as the money's coming in, as long as the money's coming in, the tithes, is that what it's called? Yeah, tithing. tithing. Okay. So 
how the heck did the Mormons get to Hawaii? This is where I started. Okay. So I Googled um, that. I just was like, hey, how did Mormons <laughs> get to Hawaii? That's that's 95% of our podcast. Uh, <laughs> just I speaking. told you I didn't go to journalism school. I know, I know. But it's just funny because <laughs> half the time it's people like, why do you know this? I'm like, because I looked it up. I just I just started to Google. Yeah, you just have to know what to ask. And, go ahead. Okay, so the main thing is that there is a place called um, the Polynesian Cultural Center on the island of Hawaii. Okay. The Polynesian Cultural Center. Okay. Which is owned by the church. Okay. That makes sense. It's actually part of BYU. Brigham Brigham Young Young University, Hawaii. And so it's part of the campus. The Polynesian Center is a huge tourist attraction. It's a museum. It's located on the northern shore of Oahu. It occupies 42 acres and is part of the university itself. Okay. Okay. When you go there, because then I went to their website. <laughs> I was like, okay, what? The, how is the church a Polynesian center? So the the Polynesian center is eight simulated tropical vi- villages that you walk through. Okay. So it's kind of like that. What's that in Disney Epcot where you like walk through the like different yeah, yeah, countries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's that. It's like Epcot for Polynesian culture. And so you walk through and there's Samoan and uh, Tahiti and Tonga. And so like you're going to all these different okay. Polynesian like tight like they're villages and they have live shows they have the hula dancers they have the fire uh baton thing i don't know what that's yeah called. yeah no i know what you mean so like the fire dancers the yeah. fire dancers so it's a huge tourist attraction if you go to hawaii like everybody goes there. and it's if- run by the mormon church mm-hmm. through brigham young university exactly. which is based in salt lake city yeah who for some reason listen. has a hawaiian campus listen to me so, okay. exactly so then okay. i was like why? Because that's that yeah, sentence is crazy, right? Yeah, that was a wild sentence. <laughs> so I, that then, was not a that was never a direction I thought I was gonna go. I know. So seventy percent of the PCC, the Polynesian Cultural Centers, seventy percent of PCC's one thousand three hundred employees are all students at BYU. Oh, okay. Okay. So free and labor. And all the students are getting financial assistance to work there full time. Okay. So they get. Like 20 hours a week during the school year, 40 hours a week during breaks. And the PCC is considered a nonprofit organization. Of course it is. And so basically it's it, the, it's a symbiotic relationship between the school and the PCC. Okay. Right? All the students that need money for school go work there. And then that drives people to want to go to the school because then they see how cool Mormons are and how they're into the Polynesian culture. Because um, – uh, Hawaiian, like Hawaiian, when I mean Hawaiian, like um, natives, like ethnically Hawaiian, yeah, not uh, Caucasians that were born in Hawaii. Um, the Hawaiian people make up the like largest amount of Mormons that aren't just white people in Utah. Really, They're, it's like a huge population. So they were like, it's it's really part of the Hawaiian culture to a certain point at now. And it's really interesting how it happened. But so also at the thing, they do a live roast pig at least like once a night. And so when if we ever go to Hawaii, like, should I go there? Because I want a roast pig. Um, yeah, Alex looks really confused. You broke my brain. <laughs> that, honest to God, broke my brain. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, because like, that is fucking insane. That's crazy. Yeah. That that's where the next highest like like that's where they, a high population would a be a huge population because like I know of like I know of the Mormons in Utah mm-hmm. and I know of them in New Mexico you know from they spread out from there yeah and I know about how there's a bunch in Mexico yeah because a bunch of them moved down to Mexico because they were running away from like U.S. laws and stuff like that 
Um, and obviously there's missionaries around the world. I knew all of that. I just never thought that they, that they would have a big presence in Hawaii. And they have a huge, and they own a huge chunk of land. They like bought up a really? huge chunk of, what is it? Hectares? Hectares of land. Okay. A lot. I'm going to have some questions about that, but I'm going to let you, t- I'm going to let you explain. I didn't more. follow through too much on that specific thing, but okay. we could always look it up later. Okay. I did make sure to look up about that roast pig situation, though. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I was like, well, listen. Well, no, because, I mean, you see a lot of people when they go to Hawaii, you know, obviously they want to see the hula dancers. They yeah. want to see part of the culture is part of it. You know, obviously yeah. you're there for the beaches and the resorts and all the other different stuff yeah. because it's a tropical paradise. Yeah. But then you also do those things. So, But it's interesting because, like you said, it is kind of a symbiotic relationship. When you say they have to work 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, during the school year. Yeah. So that's 20 hours of that plus being possibly a full or part-time student. Mm-hmm. And then during the breaks, they have to work 40 hours a week. Yep. So when most people take their break where they actually get to have a break, Mm-mm. these kids don't get to. Nope. All with the idea of then they're going to be able to get a BYU uh, scholarship yep. from Brigham Young, Yep. which most organizations that have dealt with BYU graduates do not want to accept because mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. they see if they see BYU on your resume, mm-hmm. they will immediately be like, "Oh no, that's sorry, yeah, just, you're not going to work with our organization's culture or whatever." Yeah, and then they're going to end up stuck in a different Mormon grift. Yep, but they'll have a degree. MLMs, baby. Yeah, they MLM. Fun fact: a whole state. Yeah, fun twice. fact. I didn't know uh, what BYU was. Okay, <laughs> you didn't. How would I know what that is? Okay. So, okay. So I looked up what BYU was, Brigham Young University, and this is the Hawaii campus I'm talking about. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay, so it's just like a, like a Christian college, but a Mormon college, right? Like I, I I can understand that. (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's like, that's what it is. But then I'm like, who the fuck is Brigham Young? Oh my God. (laughs) No. You didn't know? I didn't. why, Why would I know? I don't know. I just, I just feel you like... You just assumed I learned about Mormon history at some I point? I did. In Philadelphia school district? I learned about it. Okay, no, that's true. That was actually a, a suburban public school district. When we, we were learning sociology, and they didn't want our sociology course to be, an anthropology course to be racist. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're going to do it about American subcultures. Okay. And one of them was about Mormonism and like the growth of Mormonism and the explosion of... All these different offshoot religions, like the the Shakers were another mm-hmm. one. Um, all these different ones that happened during that period of time. I think it was in the 1830s mm-hmm. where there's all these shoot-off religions, right? Yeah. That just kind of happened and all those different things. So we learned all about Joseph Smith, all those different things. Then South Park did a bunch of episodes about the Mormons. I didn't really watch South Park. I know. You had fun. Um, I went to Catholic school yeah. in the inner city. Yeah. And um, I learned about Sky Angels. Yep. And... Um, and you were told the Mormons were wrong. Sins. I, was were, I wasn't even told Mormons existed. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, see, I... Although, wait, did I tell you there is drama? So Mormons do have an arch nemesis in religion. It's not Catholics, surprisingly. Is it the Baptists? Jews? Oh, thank they you. They don't like Baptists. No, Baptists don't like Mormons. <laughs> or vi- They don't like each other. No, I know, because actually, if you want to see some real good anti-Mormon propaganda... The Baptists got you fucking covered. Because let me tell you what the Baptists do. What? The Baptists go right for the fucking jugular. Yeah. The Baptists come out of the gate and they go, not only, not only do Mormons believe that Jesus and Satan were brothers, Mormons are also fucking racist. And I'm like, (laughs) the Baptists? 
And they're like, listen, y'all, this is what they found on them plates. And they start listing it. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. I know. I, I recently have gone down this hole. I'm like, oh. I know what they heard. Yeah. So anyway, I want to tell you who Brigham Young is. Now, you know, <laughs> but maybe the people listening to the podcast don't know who Brigham Young is. Because the I lucky didn't. bastards. Well, I'm about to ruin their day. Okay. I didn't, I didn't go too deep into it. But I'm going to read you, again, a lot of the information I got is from the wiki pages. Because um, while I was doing my research, I found out that the Mormon church, as they have a huge media department, they also have a huge legal department. Yes. And they're incredibly litigious. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just going to make sure I'm pulling from wiki <laughs> mm-hmm. so we can limit how much trouble I could get in. Um, so Brigham Young was an American religious leader and politician. He was the second president of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Um, he founded Salt Lake City and was the first governor of the Utah Territory. He worked to establish a learning institution that would later become the University of Utah Brigham Young University. He was a polygamist. Young had at least 56 wives and 57 children. He instituted a ban prohibiting conferring the priesthood to men of black African descent and led the church in the Utah war against the United States. Yep. Okay. Yep. So here's me. I don't know who that guy is. I don't know what most of those sentences meant. So what the, the what the heck is conferring the priesthood to black African descent people? What's that mean? Okay. Yeah? I know. But oh, go ahead. I don't know. Here's the thing is I actually know a lot about this weirdly, but it's one of those <laughs> things where, again, is one of those things that happens. And for the listeners, you've probably had this happen to you too, where there's just a thing that you think that either people don't want to hear mm-hmm. or you assume that people also have already learned. So I'm actually shocked by this. So I would love to hear... What your research taught you about that one? Well, so, that doesn't end till 1976. Yeah. So, um, again, I go to the wiki page. Yes. Right, and I'm like, uh, what is like? Because I have all what I know about Mormons. I don't know a lot. I know they got big teeth. <laughs> I know they got um, they drink a lot of Diet Coke with milk in it, which is incredibly suspicious. They, they don't drink coffee, but they drink Coca-Cola, which, again, I don't understand because I thought it was a caffeine thing. Do you want me to explain that? Yeah. Okay. So caffeine is banned, right? Caffeine and alcohol is banned for the Mormon church. Okay. But an heir of the Coca-Cola uh, company okay. died. All right. And left a bunch of Coca-Cola stock to the Mormon church. Oh, all right. And then the, the leaders of the church were like, God just told us that Coca-Cola is <laughs> cool. They call them prophets. Yeah. And they get prophecies from God. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, they had a new prophecy that Coca-Cola was cool. <laughs> but not Pepsi. Beca- because here's the thing. When Mitt Romney, who was yeah. Mormon, when he was running for president, I remember them asking him, like, what's your favorite drink? Yeah. You know, because you don't drink alcohol. And he was like, oh, I love vanilla Coke. And I immediately was like, you're not a real Mormon. And then I had to look it up because <laughs> I was like, you can't drink you can't drink anything with caffeine in it. You can't have soda. Wrong. Loophole. And it, it was no, it was a big lo- loophole. Hypocrisy, money loophole. But not only here's the thing though, they got left stock. They could have sold the stock, but they were like, no, this can grow. <laughs> so they kept it. Money. And they're like, and how many Mormons do we have uh oversee? All of you can now drink soda. Yeah, soda's back on the table, baby. Yeah. So I was okay. So I what I was saying is that I knew that they didn't have caffeine in it, like things, but I also yeah. had heard that they were racist. Yeah. And like, I knew that because of watching the Real High Housewives of Salt Lake City. Real, real quick, Go what, ahead. I, what I do want to say is oh. the organization. Yeah. We're gonna hashtag not all Mormons. Oh, okay, got it. It says okay. All right. We're gonna we're gonna do that because we don't want to paint a large bigoted brush towards 
the the okay no that's not what i meant i know i meant like the organization yeah yeah i know that's what i'm saying that's what we want to be clear about that that we're talking about the overall organization and especially its history so because i did watch uh salt lake city the real housewives yep and i remember it coming up during that uh series that i watched because i wanted to watch about that scammer lady but so they had talked about kind of in a vague sense that their doctrine their religious texts have this racist you know stuff in it i didn't deep dive into it because i wasn't i didn't really want to know i don't need stuff to bum me out but anyway here's me but getting bummed out um so then i i started looking it up and i found a wiki page titled this is the title of the wiki page black people and early mormonism and guess what when I opened that page, it was covered in so many multiple issue tags. You know, like when people are disputing, yeah. the, like if this is true. And then the wiki, like I guess their mods are demanding people cite references to like say that this isn't true because they're, some people are citing the actual doctrine and then people are like disputing it and the mods are like, you got to prove it's not true. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's, it's it was here first. Yeah, it's insane. So it yeah. was a very weird read. Um, but basically, like you were saying, the, in early Mormonism, the doctrines related race, um, and it, it references black people and their social condition in, like, it's really complicated, actually, because, like, at some points, Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith, Italian, the, the, the actual the founder, Italian Joseph Smith, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a spicy meatball, Joseph Smith, Yeah, he sometimes is, like, not he is like we need to free the slaves their people we need to respect them as humans and you know et cetera, et cetera. but then other times he comes out and blatantly says i don't think we should free the slaves yeah and it's like so it's as if he was a grifter who was speaking to any group mm-hmm. of people at that time he thought he could get something yeah. from um and, and joseph smith by the way was the founder of the mormon religion he's the one who found the plates yeah. That were left by the angel Moroni in the middle of a field in Ohio, I believe it was. I'm so glad you know so much about this. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a, but also from one of our past episodes, we decided he was Italian for some yeah. reason. He's Italian. He was like, look at me. I found a plane. <laughs> I found this in the middle of a field in Ohio. It must be real. It must yeah, be from God, from yeah. Jesus. Is, you can't you, you can use the, the, the pewter plates. If you use the pewter plates with the pasta, you'll get a poison. Huh? Yep. That's why, that's why they call the tomato the poison apple, huh? Yeah. So I'm just going to read you a quick blurb. It says, From the beginning, black people have been members of the Mormon con- congregations, and ha- the Mormon congregations have always been interracial. When the Mormons migrated to Missouri, they encountered the pro-slavery sentiments of their neighbors. Joseph Smith upheld the laws regarding slaves and slaveholders and affirmed the curse of Ham as placing his descendants into slavery to shame to the shame and confusion of all that have cried out against the South. After the Mormons were expelled from Missouri, Smith took an increasingly strong anti-slavery position and several black men were uh, ordained in the LDS priesthood. Okay. Um, so then there's like, so real, I don't know what the curse of Ham is. I feel like you explained it to me once. I have explained this to you before. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Do you want to know? What I feel like you did tell me this before because I remember being like, Ham. Yeah. And then it was turned out made me real sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the curse of Ham uh, comes from the Old Testament. Okay. Um, you know, uh, you remember, I've heard of Noah. Okay. 
In his ark? Yeah. Okay, so like Noah built the ark. Why'd he put two cockroaches on it? I don't he know. He could have left those fuckers he could have left. They would have floated. Cockroaches can <laughs> swim. So anyway, flood happened, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's dead. It's just Noah. Yeah. And his three sons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And their wives. Yeah. That's who's left, plus all the animals, who's going to repopulate the earth, right? Yeah. So the boat finally lands. Noah gets out. They find some dry land. He's like, this is awesome. He puts up a tent, gets blackout drunk. Okay. Noah gets, like, stupid drunk. Yeah. And he falls asleep, passes out in his tent. And Ham is one name of one of his sons. Okay. Ham walks into the tent and goes, whoa, dad's not only drunk, dong's out. Dad's dong is out. (laughs) Dad Dad is naked on the floor in the tent. Okay. And so um, what had happened was is that Ham went to his brothers and he was like, yo, guys, not only is dad drunk, but he got so drunk, he passed out naked on the floor of his tent. And his brother's like, dude, that's fucked up. You saw dad's dick. That is fucked up. And so the two brothers walked backwards into Noah's tent and laid a cloak over him so he wouldn't be exposed and naked. Yeah. The next morning, Noah woke up. And when Noah woke up, he was like, I may have been drunk. (laughs) I may have been naked. Yeah. I may have blacked out. Yeah. But this isn't my fucking cloak. Yeah. Whose cloak is this? And the brothers are like, well, we put it on you. Uh, because Ham saw that you were naked. And then Noah went, turned to his son Ham, and said, you saw me naked? That's a fucking sin. That's a crime against God. You and your descendants from here throughout the rest of history Mm -hmm. will be slaves to your brothers. And Ham is considered the patriarch of all of Africa. So they believe in the Bible through (sighs) history, all black people come from Ham. Okay. So this is That's right. how far back and now right. this now this idea wasn't invented. Oh my god. This idea really didn't come to fruition until the 1600s, I believe, mm. and I think it was the Dutch invented it. Oh, the Dutch, they're known for Yeah, things. to like to cover cuz there was oh, there were Dutch Christians who were like, "Hey man, the book says we should treat people right. This is people." And then someone was like, "Nah, listen. Ah, no, we can do it cuz of ham." And then some Dutch person was like, "I love ham." Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's uh... now. Do you want to know why the Mormons are okay with it? Yeah. Okay. Wait for real. Yeah. I mean, is it? I was gonna talk. I was gonna talk about the the Lamanite thing. Is that what you're gonna? Talk yeah. Yeah. About? You you can give me that one. Okay. Is that what you're gonna say? Yeah. It was, it, I think so. I don't. Okay. I only. I I remember it Cliff Note style. I don't remember the I, exact. Numbers. I was gonna give it to you. Give, give it to you Cliff Note style because I tried to read into it and it made my brain hurt so much because it doesn't make any real sense. Yeah. See, I learned this in actual like school. Because uh, they taught it to us because they were like, yo, just so you guys know, like, racism is so like a system. Yeah. <laughs> and it can be built. Um, so basically, in their – is it called a Bible? I, it's just like yeah, – it's a Bible. Their, yeah, it's the Mormon Bible. Bible. But it has different chapters than – They have extra books. Extra books. It's a, it's it's he, kind of the wrote, director's cut. Yeah. Joseph Smith was like, hey, this isn't long enough. Yeah. <laughs> Add some more text. You know what this needs – this needs another Death Star. That was <laughs> so another Death Star. So basically, they they reference having dark skin uh-huh. as a curse. Yes. So having darker skin is a curse from God, um, punishing. Um, it's a mark. So it's like the mark of blackness placed upon the Lamanites is what's in the book. So they refer to people with dark skin as Lamanites. 
And then they referred to white people as nephites. Neophytes. Neophytes. Okay, good. So they're they're ta- they're talking about like this almost like a holy war in which the Lamanites uh, disrespected God, and so therefore they are shamed and separated. And then also there is doctrine about how the Lamanites and Neophytes are never allowed to mix uh-huh. uh, and have children. Yep. Right. So that's. Okay. So this is the part where I'm a little like, mm-hmm. so the one, th- this is how I understood it. Yeah. And again, I haven't read this in a long time, so I could be incorrect. Yeah. All right. And I don't want to paint too broad of a crazy brush here, but there's two parts. Okay. One um, part that I was explained to me is that in the prehistory of the Mormon religion, mm-hmm. that God and Satan were brothers. Okay. And they had a falling out. Okay. And half the heavenly host went with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Jesus and Satan were brothers. Half of the heavenly host went with Jesus, and the other half went with Satan. But the, the, Satan was an angel in the sky who God cast down. This he is, wasn't a person. No, no, no. This is a fanfic. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, okay. That's how you, this is how you got to read all of Mormonism. It's just a fanfic okay. where somebody else was like, no, it would be better if we did this. Oh, all right. What if Ray wasn't the last Skywalker? All right, so... <laughs> So basically, like, they were brothers, and, like, in prehistory, like, they had a fight, mm-hmm. all right? And um, Jesus, all the all the angels that backed, or spirits or whatever that backed Jesus, they got to be white people. Okay. And all of the ones that backed uh, Satan, okay. their spirits eventually became black people. All right. Like, that's why they died black. Okay. And then in, fast forward, mm-hmm. okay, Jesus dies on the cross in uh, Jerusalem. Yep. Then he also comes back yep. and walks around America. Wait, what? Yeah, they believe that Jesus was in America. Oh yeah, I did. I remember. Yeah, reading and the that Garden part. of Eden was in like Missouri or something like that. Yeah, I've been to Missouri. It ain't there. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, because mm-hmm. uh, the Lamnites or whatever mm-hmm. they killed uh, Jesus in America, and then they also killed all the white people, mm-hmm. and then God got mad at them, and then he dyed their skin red. Which is why it was okay for the Mormons to butcher Native, Native Americans. Ameri- I knew you were saying, oh my god! Because it's part of it's called blood libel. Oh my god! Okay. So there's like a whole thing that has to do with that. Mm-hmm. And again, I I could be off on some of this yeah. stuff, but it's 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 kind of there. But this is all again much like with Scientology. Mm-hmm. This isn't like the first thing they teach you. Yeah. No. 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 You gotta be. You gotta get up the levels. You gotta get up the levels, and then like as you're learning it, like when you're a kid, they're just like, "No, God loves everybody," and then like, "Oh, baptize Holocaust victims." Wait. What? What? Okay. Um. I feel like you should have done more research. I really didn't. I was this okay. My focus was on a different way, and oh, the wait, way hold that on. I hold on. Allegedly. And I. The way that my brain focused this was extremely different than the way yours did. Yeah, because I got um, I got I got the history background. Yeah, exactly. So, what I did read that while I was like going through this is that the whole Book of Mormon talks about how they the Lamanites can still be of God, and the, the quote says the curse, which is their dark skin. The curse was taken from them, and their skin became white like unto the Nephites, and they were numbered among the Nephites and were called Nephites. So that's the promise of heaven, is that you'll become white in the Mormon, in the Mormon belief system. Yeah. is like the only reason you would uh, follow their religion is so that in heaven you would become white and loved by God, uh-huh. which is insane. There's also another level to it. 
Another one? Yeah. Okay. You also then become God. Okay. You get your own planet. This this is just Scientology. Yeah. This is just a, a mad com- co- comedian on a boat talking about some wild shit on LSD. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's but no, eventually is. you get your own. But that's why your wife has to stay true to you. Oh, my God. I'm dead what did serious. I, say? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, I'm so sorry. Wait. I'm sorry. I know too much about no, this that's, one. No, it's fine because I'm glad that you do so that you can explain things to me that I have questions about. Because as I was reading it, I was just deeply confused. And I think that it's interesting to me as someone who grew up in a religion that indoctrinated me in my youth of like yeah. years and years of church and Catholic school and like being heavily indoctrinated. So like I'm like I have been brainwashed in my youth to believe crazy things. Like, a lot of stuff you learn in religion is, like, really weird. And I'm not going to get into it, but, like, it's really weird. They're like, oh, yeah, the Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and God, they're all the same person. But they're three separate people. But they're the same person. But they're not. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, and then they explain that to little kids, and we're supposed to remember it. But, like, so when I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is wild. How can anyone believe it? And then I'm like, well, all right, well, I've been. <laughs> when I was little, it was easy to convince me of these things. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... One of the things is that Joseph, Joseph Smith's conflicting views are, like, very wild. Um, the church never denied membership based on race. Although, I did find a thing that this, when, the, when they were in a state where there were slaves, they would require the slaves to request permission from their master to be baptized into the Mormon church. Yeah. So Joseph Smith is like, yeah. I want your money, time, and your ability to spread my new religion, but I'm not going to ever advocate for you. Well, again, it's the grifter. Exactly. Because the grifter, he knows... The thing is with Joseph Smith is he knew the entire time that he was always about... Because they got... The Mormons got chased across the country. That's why they ended up in Salt Lake City. I know. that. I'm going to get into that. Okay, yeah, yeah. But with the grifters, Mm -hmm. as you know, it's kind of like when I used to yell at my friends who used to do a lot of drugs or stuff like that. I'm like, if you have weed in your car, don't speed. Yeah. Drive the speed limit. So Joseph Smith was pulling a... All right, listen, I'm about to teach you all about polygamy, and it's going to be sick, like in the coolest way. No, it's going to be a bummer. For everyone but you, buddy. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that was a big, that's a big part of it. So that way he's like, hey, I can't be accused of corrupting the slaves mm-hmm. if their masters give permission. Yeah. So, yeah. The fir- okay, so also during that same time, Joseph Smith ordained priests, uh, black men into the priesthood and the first known black latter-day saint was name was black pete his name was black pete mm-hmm. black pete who joined the church in kirtland ohio and there was evidence that he held the priesthood along with another man named elijah abel and joseph t-ball and in the summer of 1833 w a w w phelps published an article in a church's his church's newspaper seeming to invite free black people to into the state to become Mormons, reflecting, in connection with wonderful events of this age, much is doing towards abolishing slavery and colonizing the blacks in Africa. Outrage followed Philip's comments, and he was forced to reverse his position, which he claimed was misunderstood, but the reversal did not end the controversy. Mormons were then violently expelled from Jackson County, Missouri, five months later. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So at one point, one of the priests said, okay, there's all these free men. 
please uh, come join the Mormon church, come to Missouri and be a part of our church. And then the people of Jackson County, Missouri were like, what did you say? Yeah. And then they got murdered and chased out of the state. Yeah, exactly. Because that was part. This is this is all what, like the 1830s, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is right around the time of the Missouri Compromise. This is we're, we're, we're bubbling up to the Civil War. Yeah. The Civil War hasn't happened yet. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, wait, this brings us to a great point, which yeah. was the second part of that sentence when I was asking you uh, and myself and the Internet, like who Brigham Young is. And so it, it was then the other part was like, what the heck is the Utah War? Because I had never heard of the Utah War before. Yep. <laughs> so the Utah War, uh, for people like me that don't know, was when the United States military, <laughs> backed by the president, uh, were trying to like get the Mormons out of Utah, basically. Yeah. And there were a lot of casualties. No, there were some casualties. It wasn't a lot of casualties. Mostly non-Mormon civilians were the casualties. Um, there was a lot of massacres. Thank you. By the, so, by the Mormons and by the U.S. So the, it was James Buchanan was the president. Yep. Um, and this is something really funny that I found out. Um, rather than engaging the army directly, the Mormons didn't, they had a strategy. And their strategy was all about hindering and weakening them um, by, like, annoying them. They... This literally says, like, they proceed at once to annoy them in every possible way, using every exertion to stampede their animals and set fire to their trains, burn the whole country before them and their flanks, keep them from sleeping by night surprises and then running away, blockading the road by falling trees, destroying the rivers, looking for opportunities to envelope their trains and leave no grass. Like, basically, they were just, like, passive-aggressively attacking them and running away. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing the Russians did to Napoleon. Yeah. It's basically just a scorched-earth policy, except uh, even crazier. So it sounds like yeah. <laughs> actually it's a little bit crazier. Yeah, just, wildly passive-aggressive, like... <clears throat> yeah, you know, I'm not touching you. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not touching you. And, like, that was their whole strategy. And I was like, this is crazy. Um... And then you said you brought up the massacre. I, I, there's a massacre called the Mountain Meadows Massacre. Yeah. Which um, 120 California bound settlers were murdered by a militia of Mormons, which is a terrifying thought a militia of Mormons. Um, after the Utah War, I say this in quotes because it really wasn't like a war, it was kind of like a few battles. Over yeah, it was the same way the Emu months. War was an e- it was a war. Well, the Emus won that war, yeah, and the <laughs> Mormons and the Mormons won the Utah War. <laughs> and so the Mormons won the Utah War, but the only thing that the government really wanted was them to kind of stop having a theocracy because they're like, you can't have all your religious people be in charge of like the government, and the Mormons were like. We don't trust the government. Fuck you. We don't want any of your people in here. You're stooges. Yeah. And actually, as I was reading more into that, like the Mormon, um, the state of Utah specifically, hate the government. Yeah. Oh my God, they hate the federal government. Yeah. And they'll do everything they can, but they love the Constitution. They're obsessed with the baseline laws, but everything else can fuck off. Yeah. And it's the funniest shit. So at the end of the Utah War, what basically what happened is they agreed to have like a non-Mormon, but a Mormon sympathizer be like the senator of the state. And they were like, all right, we'll stop fighting. Yeah. That was it. And Well, they also had to give up polygamy. 
That wasn't until later. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying when, yeah. when they finally officially became a state and all those, yeah. they were they were officially a territory. Yeah. They were officially under the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the Mormons like the Constitution so much is because of the First Amendment. Yeah. The I first and second. Yeah, the First and Second Amendment. I can do whatever I want because yeah. I said God said it. And I have a gun and you can't take that. Um, so back up. Yep. Back up. Let me get my chickens. That's oh wait a minute. Am I a Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> you did dye your hair very blonde. So wow, it looks great. Um, so okay, so what? I'm saying we're gonna take a break. Okay, let me finish this one sentence. Okay. Okay. So it's two cents. But the blah blah blah. blah. See, you can, I've now lost my. Oh thing. come on. Oh okay. So remember how I said that they got this young, the non-Mormon. His name is Alfred Cumming, but the original governor was Brigham Young. Yep. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, and then I was looking up BYU, like, to understand, like, again, like, there's, like, all this, like, information about BYU. Like, you were saying, like, people, like, don't like BYU graduates. And there's, like, mm-hmm. this very, obviously, religious overtone of, like, a lot of girls go there for college and drop out by sophomore year because they get married. Like, there's also, like, a lot of racism. Uh, again, it's built into the doctrine, so I, I don't, that's, yeah. it's not surprising. It's upsetting, but not surprising based on what I was reading about the baseline setup. Um, but I did find out that last year there was an outbreak at the BYU Utah campus of armpit crabs. Yeah. It's a good place to take a break. Yeah. Okay. We're back. Armpit crabs. Yeah. So yeah, BYU had an outbreak of armpit crabs. Okay. And um, I can only assume that's because uh, what I have learned of soaking, they were like, let's get kinky. We're not soaking tonight. We're going to fuck an armpit, I guess. I don't know. Do you need to explain soaking to people who don't know what soaking is? Oh, no. Hold on. Okay. All right, so soaking. Okay, at BYU. Again, we're at a Mormon college. Let's paint the picture. We're at a Mormon college, and, you know, you're not allowed to have premarital sex, and you're not allowed to um, do anything out of the, you know, rules and doctrines of religion. So what some of the young Mormon teens who are horny just like every other teen in the world uh, will do is what they call soaking, and that is when um, they will have penetrative sex, Without movement or hip thrusting. Yep, because the so, thrusting is the sin. The thrusting is the sin. So they'll stick it in, and they'll they'll just lay there um, for a bit. And then I did see that there was some TikToks where, like, they'll have a friend jump on the bed. I don't know if that one's. A I don't joke. know if it's. I feel true like or that's not. a joke. It feels silly, but I know that soaking is real. Yeah, and because we, we first heard about it on the Amazon uh, comedy series that was written by the Doonesbury writer. Uh, it was called Alpha House with John Goodman. Alpha House. You watched I it, it with me. I thought it was on Veep. Wasn't the the tall no, nerdy no, guy? No, 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 no. This was from Alpha House. Alpha it was House. one of the it, Alpha House was a series about four different Republican senators yep. living oh, in D.C. and one such... of them, one of them was a Mormon, and oh. his assistant was in love with his daughter. That show was so good. Yep, and they had oh, a God, scene about it. soaking yeah. where they shoot it like it's a '90s style. A softcore movie, mm-hmm. and it's just them standing completely still yep. in all these different sex <laughs> positions, not moving because they're 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 keeping their virginity. Yeah, but yeah, 
Um, so yeah, that's that is, oh god. I thought it was from Veep, but I guess it's uh, the political the political shows just got mixed yeah. up in my brain. So yeah, that's how I learned about what soaking was. And then yeah, um, BYU armpit crabs. I have to assume somebody's dick got into an armpit, and then somebody was like, "This idea works," and then they all did it, and then everybody got armpit crabs. Yep. Because crabs are just lice, everybody. Yeah. It's lice. You can get it in your hair. Alex is scratching his scalp. I'm right literally now. scratching my head. I started <laughs> getting so itchy nervous. as you were talking about it. Um. Okay, so wait, let's get away from the crabs. Um, <laughs> so, when are we gonna get back to Hawaii? I'm working my way back. Okay. So I, okay, when I was doing research about trying to do more research on the Hawaii stuff, I the Utah wars kept coming up, right? Because what happened was a bunch of the Mormons that were in Hawaii they got called back to fight in the Utah Wars. Okay. So anybody that was in Hawaii or anywhere in the world got called back to, you know, fight in this passive-aggressive war of Karenisms uh, to save their state. And, though you know, they're always, like, saying things like, they went, they left the mission. And then, <laughs> then here's me. I'm like, well, what, what do you mean, like, the mission? And so then I'm starting to look up, like, what, what does the mission mean? Like, What's the terminology mean? Because the way they were using it didn't make sense to me. And basically, a Mormon mission is like extremely well-organized and planned colonization. Yes. Where they pick a place, they send some scouts, and those scouts are like, do we think we can get other people to be Mormon or not? And the mission for Hawaii was called the Sandwich Island Mission. Mm -hmm. That's what they called it. And there was led by this guy, George Cannon, and he has like a really weird backstory. But basically, he went to Hawaii and he met, you know, the indigenous Hawaiian population. Mm -hmm. And he wrote letters back to Utah and was like, listen, I had a, a prop. A, I don't remember. I don't couldn't tell if he was really a prophet or just they call each other saints and prophets. It's yeah. like all interchangeable. I don't know. Um but he told them that God told him in a, you know, a God moment where he talked to God. A vision? A vi I don't know. It was a vision. They have words for it. I can't remember what it's called. Okay. I like God moment. God though. moment. He had a God moment where he's just like chit-chatting with God. And God told him that the Hawaiians, indigenous Hawaiians, are a chosen group of people that need to be converted to Mormonism to save their souls because God loves the Hawaiians and the Polynesians so much. And so he, you know, he contacted Utah and let them know. And they were like, bet we're going to focus our energy on our mission in Hawaii mm -hmm. because they felt it was so important that yeah. um, the Polynesian uh, groups would be converted. And also I found out that I was like when I was reading into missions. So like missions, when you're in, a, when you're a Mormon kid, you get committed to a mission when you're like eight yeah. What, what do you mean? Yeah, that's so... I was like reading it and I was like... So they're like a baby. Okay, eight's not a baby, but it's still real little. And like they go to their church and the, their priest and their whole congregation, the eight-year-old makes a promise that when they turn 18, they're going to go on a two to three-year mission. Mm -hmm. And then they have to stand by it. But they made this decision at eight. Yeah. And everybody's like, you got to do it. You you made a deal with God, and I'm like, they were eight. Well, it's a confirmation with secondary levels. Yeah, 
I mean, that's the same thing. Think about it, with the Catholic Church, right? With confirmations, yeah, and and CCDC. I don't. What did I? Or stick CCD with? or whatever. Um, Isn't yeah, CCD the classes you take if you're not in school? You know, but see, yeah, exactly. You you went to Catholic school, so mm. you didn't have to go to the CCD. The kids yeah. who go to public school right. who are Catholic have to go saying. to CCD, yeah, where they learn all about. Uh, you know, what they're going to be doing in their confirmation, their mm. confirmation name. They get all the stuff that they're not learning in their godless public school. Oh, man. And then you go they're and you get... learning all that sweet, sweet calculus yeah, that would help them in college. But then you go and you get confirmed in the church. Mm-hmm. I didn't make any promises, did I? Yeah. You I don't could... really remember what I signed up what for. What you did is you promised that you were always going to be a member of the church. False. And that you could accept communion. Uh, and that you could do all those different <laughs> things. Like, that's what confirmation <laughs> is. I'm glad that you were paying attention in Catholic school. Yeah. <laughs> The Catholic school I never went to. <laughs> but a lot of my friends did. And yeah. so, like, you know, you just kind of sit there like, what do they do over there with this? That's Because I had so many friends who, like, when when I was, like, what is it, like 11 or 12 when kids yeah, do that, right? Yeah, 11 or 12. So when that was happening, I had friends that I would hang out with who were like, I can't. I got CCD today. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck even does that mean? Like, and they would explain it to me. And I'm like, you this is go the, the stupidest thing. Out back. There was always a trailer out back of the school. Yeah. And that's where the CCD kids would yeah. go. So um, it, it's very similar, though, when you have these kids who are eight. And, and part of it is then also it's like building them towards the same way when you're in middle school or high school. You know, it used to be when you went to middle or high school, it was to learn enough. So when you were done, you get a job. Now it's to learn enough so then you could be possibly successful in college. Mm-hmm. And then college is supposed to be getting you ready for a job, right? Mm, well, the, okay. the mission and the purpose of a Mormon is to make more Mormons. Yep. So when you're eight, they have you lock in that you are going to go on mission when you're 18. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you spend the next 10 years learning and looking forward to this experience. Got it. So okay. that's kind of what the thought process is behind it. It also, though, is locking the, their brains in similar to how the Amish have rumspringa. Oh, right. Party week. Party week or year or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, they get a year. For our listeners who don't know, the Amish have a period of time in between when they're raised Amish mm-hmm. and formally join the Amish community mm-hmm. that they are released to the English. Yep. So the the, uh, the Amish are all mostly of German uh, descent. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they call basically the rest of America the English. <laughs> and they go and they go into the into you know, regular communities, society, society at large. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they'll go out. They have no experience on how to use things like cell phones. I mean, now they do. Or but, alcohol. But alcohol, all these different things, mm-hmm. they don't have the same societal stuff. But at like the age 18 or 20, mm-hmm. they go out into the real world and they go see how it is with the idea that they will fail and then rush back to the Amish community where they're safe. And it's kind of similar with mission. Mm-hmm. Mission is twofold. One, yes, you're trying to go out there and you're sending these kids to go door to door or into a community mm-hmm. to do missionary work, to spread the gospel of the Mormon church and to convert more people to being Mormons. Yep. But the other thing is you are now taking them out of Mormon communities yep. where it's safe, where their entire life they've never had any issues, and you're sending them to communities where things aren't as good. And it's immediate proof to them that without Mormonism, people lives in sin. Yeah. So it's it's a two factor thing. Yeah, you got that works really be, well to lock them in. They the part of the torture of going door to door is getting the door slammed in your face so many times mm-hmm. that it teaches you that everybody else is mean mm-hmm. and you know sinful. So then you 
don't like outsiders of your church because they're bullies and mean to you because they slam the door and tell you to fuck off all the time. Yeah. And it drives you back into your church's arms. Which is why I don't tell them to fuck off. I just nah. say I just say no thank you. I'm Jewish. I did tell a little kid to fuck off though. Did I remember that little kid? There was like this. He had to be 12. 12 little 12 year old little dude came knocking on my door. It was the middle of a work day and he gave me a pro life pamphlet talking about we need to be saving the babies and shit. And oh, I was yeah. like, listen to me, you little fucker. Yeah. <laughs> you have not been alive long enough to tell me nothing about yeah. nothing. No, I remember that one. <laughs> I remember that one. That was during the last election. <laughs> it's like, the fuck is going on? Yeah. We're sending children out here? Yeah. Um, that kid was 19, by the way. No, he was a little kid. You don't know what children look like anymore. Oh. So, um, real quick, though, with all of these, with all these different things, though, um, it's it's the reason why uh, I believe that eventually Mormonism will actually conquer most of the United States. Yeah, I actually am of a full belief of that. I believe that that eventually, when the United States uh, does disintegrate, hopefully after our lifetime. Uh, that there will be a large theocratic swath of it that will be completely controlled by the Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, because they're incredibly powerful. They're incredibly powerful, wow. but they're also incredibly, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Organized. Yeah, that's what I mean. The idea of a mission is crazy organized. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying their entire organization is crazy organized, right? Like the yeah. Catholic Church, there's a huge web of the Catholic Church like all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church has not had, doesn't even have this type of reach in fucking Italy anymore, right? Yeah. Their fucking capital is in Rome. The mm-hmm. Pope is in Rome. Fucking Italians do whatever they want, right? Yeah. The fucking, the Catholic Church had so much sway over Ireland. And even the Irish are like, I'll oh, get the fuck out of here, you fucking children. <laughs> and like, that's like, they don't have the same pull. Well, also, when I looked it up, the, when I was looking up the missions, right? There's so many of them. Yeah. There's f- over 400 missions. Yeah, I don't, yeah. And they're huge. Like, there's like, the missions are just like, uh, China. There's just mm-hmm. like Hong Kong. Yeah. There's one that's like all of Guam. There's all of, like, a huge chunk of India yeah. where they go, like, and I'm just like, this is crazy. Like, they are, you're right. I think they're just, they're really good at planning this out. And they have a very, I guess, strong infrastructure to really get this going. Mm-hmm. And, they're very successful. Everything I was reading about the mission trips and their numbers and like how the church grows is really crazy. It's wild. Cause like, again, I didn't realize I didn't know this stuff. Like we were saying they, at the beginning, like I didn't realize Mormons were this big a thing. I thought they were just like this thing that was happening in Utah that every time I did a little deep dive into MLMs and pyramid schemes, mm-hmm. it would always end up being uh, Latter-day Saints stuff because they have so many, um, MLMs there and they're all like within the Mormon culture and so I was just like I always just thought it was like this weird thing but it's not it's huge it's crazy yeah and well I mean the one thing to keep in mind right like we were talking about how it was founded what like the 1830s or whatever yeah they're coming up on their 200th anniversary they've been doing this for 200 years yeah and they've been doing it at the same strong exact time strong grift game strong grift and they've been doing it at the same exact time as the technology has been evolving alongside them. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're taking an organization. Again, I'm going to keep using the Catholic Church okay. as an example. But an organization like the Catholic Church, right, when the printing press was created, burned them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like as radio started to become a thing, they didn't jump on it immediately. The Mormons looked at all of these inventions, the the baseline inventions that the rest of society has come from were there as the Mormon church was growing. 
And they figured out their their number one goal when they're looking at these things is how can we use this to increase membership? How can we use this to retain members? Yeah. The issue they're starting to have right now when it comes to the internet is a lot of ex-Mormons. Yeah. Who also are trained on on mission. Mm -hmm. So they are training and trying to deprogram current Morgan. And I got to tell you, their side of TikTok, incredibly interesting. Yeah, that's, I get a lot of them. I I get them versus the happy Hawaiian ones. Oh, yeah, well, I had to go searching for happy Hawaiian ones. And the happy Hawaiian ones got millions of followers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lots and lots of followers. But when I I was looking up the ex-Mormons on TikTok, they helped, like, their videos helped explain a lot of this to me because, like, it, some of it just doesn't make sense. And so it was very useful. They're, it's not deprogram. They have a different word for it. Deconstructing. Yeah. They all talk about deconstruction. Um, okay. So leaving Hawaii still, I'm, I've completely left Hawaii. Um, we're talking about the 407 missions. And so I was reading through the 407 missions. Cause again, I'm like, there's so many, this is wild. And I guess you're absolutely right. Is like, I don't, I wasn't thinking of it in the same way as, um, the Catholic church because like, yeah, the Catholic church has all of the South America. They have, you know, Europe, like they're everywhere. So of course their colonization efforts went everywhere. So it makes sense that they're everywhere. But so what happened was there was one name that popped out to me and that was the Beaver Island mission. Okay. And the reason that the Beaver Island mission popped out to me is because I had heard that name before. And I was like, where the fuck did I hear this name? And so I started reading up on it. And the Beaver Island mission is in Michigan. Okay. And that's when I remembered that I got an email a couple months ago from a listener. Uh, Their name is Jesse. And they wrote an email to me. um, Oh, and you. Mrs. and Mr. Pearlmania, um, about this. They said, this is a topic idea. It was like titled like topic idea, Beaver Island. Okay. And so I had read the email and then was like, oh, let me just like pack that away in the back of my brain. But it turns out this is a mission. And so I want to read you their email. And then I did pull up the wiki page about it as well, but I think their email really covers it pretty well. So it says, uh, hello, Mrs. and Mr. Promania. Here's a... W- oh, I did edit this a little because they did put some personal information in here, so I just took that out. Okay. So, here's a weird one. I thought you thought of you when you said Epstein Island. The island, or one of them, is North Fox Island in Lake Michigan, which is part of the Beaver Island... Oh, no. Archipelago? Archipelago. Thank you. There is a whole crazy murdery history to North Fox Island and the Oakland County child killer. I'm not emailing you about that. Beaver Island, in quotes, not a lesbian summer camp, disappointingly, has separate crazy murder, murdery history and bonus Mormon cult history. The history is that the island uh, is used by local Native American tribes until the French voyagers made their way there to hunt and trade and all that. This is late 1600s until the mid 1800s. Then, after Joe Smith him gets himself shot there over in Illinois, and Brigham Young is like, God told me all women should have to bonk me. Also, let's go to Utah because their guns don't shoot that far. A few sects splintered off, including James Strang. 
Strang was like, God told me women shouldn't have to bunk anyone but their husband. And also let's go to Michigan, even though it's like September and we have no food. (laughs) So James and crew toddled off up north and got to a literal island right in time for winter. And he didn't take like a small chunk of folks. Brigham Young had 50,000 people in Utah. Strang had 12,000. For reference, the current overwintering population of the island is about 450 people. So, so like the Strangites, which I, is what the Strangites yeah. showed up, they didn't have any resources and there were already people living on the island. So Strang, who has a direct line to the big man, gets a new message from the guy, he has a God moment, and says, it's okay to steal but only from the Gentiles, those who don't follow the truth faith of listening. And so um, you're allowed to steal from non-Mormons is basically what he says. Yeah. So naturally the island is full of Gentiles and they were not super into this, but they were also stuck on an iced over island with these people who vastly outnumbered them. So the Mormons built themselves there, a community there. James Strang weirdly left every winter to recruit some place that didn't get 10 feet of snow eight months out of the year. His messages from God got weirder and more self-serving for a few years. And he declared himself King of Beaver Island, the only King of America. He was a state Senator. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's just, Oh, what a great line. These two things happened at the same time. Oh, All right. He also ran for president, but failed. I wonder why. So finally, some of those pissed off Gentiles were drinking and complaining to nearby Mackinac Island, where the merchant Marines were hanging out. Right around the same time, James Strang decided that, number one, plural marriage was a good thing and that all ladies needed to bonk him. And number two, said ladies could no longer wear underwear. So the merchant marines come over and gather up all the Mormons on the docks and tell them pretty much, you deal with this dill hole or we'll do it. So this bro, the bro's own people straight up shot him. Then the merchant marines loaded up the entire community and dropped them off in twos and threes along the entire coast of Lake Michigan. As of 2008, two Strangites were still alive in Wisconsin. Strang only lasted six years, from the time he got to Beaver Island till he died. He caused so much trouble so fast, Trump would be proud. <laughs> wow. Uh, today, the main road of the island is still called King's Highway. The historical museum is called the Mormon Bookshop. And the Yacht Club is named after James Strang, because of course it is. Um, nowadays, there's a lot of tourists in the summertime. Uh, we call them fudgies. The joke being that they got lost looking for Mackinac Island fudge. Yep. Tourism seems like the main industry of the island nowadays. It's great for camping, nature walks, kayaking. Um, and it has super minimal infrastructure. One of the best places on earth. So I love that. I love the Beaver Island story. I looked it up. And yeah, this the this, this strange, strange guy. It's The word is, his last name is Strange with no E. Yep, Strang. Strang. Okay, Strang. So this Strang guy... He did. He, de- he decided 
that one of his edicts, because again, he's a king now. He's the king of Beaver Island. Yeah. Which is something that I want to be the king of Beaver Island. What listen, an amazing statement. Listen, honestly, it's the most frat thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I could easily see this dude like wearing one of those beer helmets where you yeah. put the cans up and have a big straw. He's wearing like a tank top that has like pizza, like like pizza stain on it. Yeah. And it's just him going, I'm the king of Beaver Island. <laughs> like, So I wanted to read you a little bit more in depth of what the wiki of this history is, because it's the way that Jesse described it was so good. But then there's like, it's just a little bit more detail in here. So Strang held many other ideas. Um, one edict, for example, is he prescribed that Strangite women were not allowed to wear bloomers anymore. So like the the like the big underpants, the kind that go down to your knees. Yeah. He said no more bloomers, ladies. Um, two women refused obedience. Strang had their husbands flogged because of their disobedience, and this act was rendered uh, very unpopular. Um, it was considered more unpopular than adultery. So like people were getting really outraged. The two husbands that got flogged vowed revenge against Strong. <laughs> and then the United States Navy gunboat, the USS Michigan entered the Harbor. Um, and Strang was invited aboard as Strang walked along the dock. The two Mormon flogging victims shot him from behind and then boarded the gunboat. They sailed away and disembarked both men to Mackinac Island. Neither man was arrested, tried, or convicted for the murder. (laughs) After Strang died of his wounds, mobs of dispossessed Irish fishermen from Mackinac Island and St. Helena Helena Island arrived and expelled the Strangonites, who outnumbered them approximately two, two to six hundred. Um, for their claim. So yeah, they literally, the two dudes that got flogged because their wives refused to not wear underpants, then got on a boat with the merchant Marines, shot them. And they were like, we didn't see shit. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Right. That's so cool. Um, so I brought, I pulled up something just because I was thinking about it. Okay. As you were talking about Mormonism. So, again, remember I mentioned Joseph Smith and the plates. Italian Joseph Smith. Italian Joseph Smith. And he would be like, look at me. I found the plates. Oh, we need more Parmesan cheese for those spicy meatballs. Oh, give me more of your wives. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, uh, Italian Joseph Smith. One of his famous things, though, is also he found um, some of the books were also eventually written, or he claimed to have found scrolls that were written by uh, Abraham. Okay. And by Joseph, um, who were the ancient patriarchs. Yeah, okay. He found them. They were, they're from Egypt. These yeah. are real Egyptian scrolls that were found with mummies. Okay. That were trans, like they were, they were moving around America for a bit, like different exhibits yeah. and stuff like that. And he had enough money at one point that he bought them. Okay. And then he started translating them. But he didn't know what they said. Well, he, he said God told him how to translate it. Because that was oh. the whole thing is Joseph Smith knew how to translate stuff because God would help him through the angels. Oh. And these were real scrolls. And yeah. these are actual real papyrus. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, though, like we hadn't deciphered the Rosetta Stone, any of these different things, so there was no way to check. Yeah. And eventually these scrolls uh, like ended up in other people's possessions. Mm-hmm. And so the, the Church of Latter-day Saints spent years, years trying to get these scrolls back because they're like, you know, the plates famously were lost. Yeah. Something happened with the plates and they vanished. So no one ever – you take the, the plates on faith. But the scrolls, these are real. These are tangible. This proves – that the Church of Latter-day Saints is correct. Okay. And eventually they got the scrolls. Okay. And 
he was clearly wrong. He yeah, was course. lying about everything. Because then you would have the actual Rosetta Stone to hold them against. No, exactly. Like, they, these are actually um, a translation. Let's see here. The translation of the Book of Joseph was never published by Smith, but the scroll purported to be the untranslated Book of Joseph has been found to be a copy of the Egyptian Book of the Dead, a common free funerary document. Like this literally was just an instruction manual on how to make mummies that yeah. was buried with the mummies. And he read it. He was like, no, this is actually the real story of Abraham. <laughs> I just pictured it the way that like, you know how like a pillow has a tag on it that says, do not remove this tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like all the instructions and it's like the, the tag. Like is how like to wash the, the pillow. It's yeah. like the length of the pillow. Yes. That's what I pictured. This is just like on a dead body. They just jam yeah, it on basically. there. Yeah, <laughs> basically. They just Like, hey, if you found this mummy. And you're like, make... don't remove it. Yeah. And there's a curse. Because yeah. like the, the tag on the pillow says, don't remove it or you'll be in federal trouble. Ooh. And I don't know who's going to find out that I removed the tag because i don't i'm scared of yeah. the federal government yeah that's joseph smith right there what a looker huh? wow wow so anyway um i started my research on Ho hawaiian mormon house moms and i ended up um the king of beaver island um so that's that's, that's it that, that's all i got that's all you got, <laughs> that's, all I got. that's the end that's the end <laughs> I didn't want to go too far down the the rabbit hole and then end up just doing a book report on religion. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to do that. That's why yeah. I dropped out of Catholic school. I hate book reports on religion. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that it was freewheeling. Yeah. And I, I think probably unfollowable <laughs> by the average <laughs> listener. Like somebody, I mean, like, I feel like a lot of our listeners have ADD like us. Yeah. So I feel like at some point they're going to be doing something, tune something out, and they're going to be like... <laughs> This is just the king of Beaver Island. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? I am still actually incredibly interested, though, about this whole the whole Polynesian factor with the yeah. uh, Mormon Church. I did see, yeah. So, like, there was also like a huge influx. Um, uh, there are a lot of Hawaiian and Samoan people in Utah. There's mm. a huge population there as well because they moved to Utah to be a part of the. There's a different, it's like if you're, a mission isn't outgoing, there's like an ingoing version of a mission. Um, and so, yeah, they have a huge population there. Mm -hmm. And it's just very interesting. And I, I, I just had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. But that's also why I said in the beginning when I was looking at the, the TikTokers and the Instagram gals is that they were, uh, most of them were blonde white ladies with uh, blonde uh, husbands and little blonde babies. But some of them uh, were indigenous Hawaiians. And I was like, wait, what? I thought, huh? And that's where like my whole was like, wait, when did this happen? Yeah. Interesting. What are you looking at now? No, I was just looking up the thing. Cause I knew it was 1978 was when they changed. Mm -hmm. Cause there's in the, in the, the musical, yeah. um, book of Mormon, mm -hmm. they actually, there's a line until the 1970s when God changes mind about black people. And yeah. it gets a big laugh at the very beginning of the book of Mormon play. Yeah. Um, and I, I knew that there was, there was something in there. And I think part of it though, I can't get the actual information because half the articles I'm opening are paywalled. Yeah. Um, but there was a big part of it. I think part of it had to do with like Boy Scouts or something. I can't remember exactly mm. what the whole deal was. Well, it's really hard to find a lot of information out because the Cause, church, cause they, they pull it so the fast. church pulls the information so quickly and they only allow what they want to be out there to be out there. Yeah. So, like, even when I was trying to watch videos about, you know, the Hawaiian colonization um, by the Mormon church, it was, like, it was very one-sided videos. There was, like, one video of a woman who was just, like, 
And the people of Hawaii really loved being colonized because they felt like our values aligned with their values. And I was like, this is dark. You should delete this. The comments were turned off on that video for good reason. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, it, was, it was the scouts. The Boy Scouts? Yeah, I have to read this whole article, though, to no. get back to it. But no, it was it was part of it is because the Boy Scouts, much like AA and things like that, they mm-hmm. often use churches oh, yeah, as yeah. the locations. Yeah. And there was something in here. Uh, here. Here we go. This is from Gizmodo. The article's called How the Boy Scouts Fostered Racial Equality in the Mormon Church. 1974, <clears throat> four years before God changed her mind about allowing African-Americans <sighs> in the Mormon Church a 12-year-old kid wanted to become a senior patrol leader, the highest youth leadership position in his truth, in his troop, but because he was black and his troop was sponsored by the LDS, he wasn't allowed to. The NAACP sued on his behalf. Uh, this art, here's a quote from an article from the 1970s. The legal action arises from a year-old Mormon directive since revised, but not to the NAACP's satisfaction, which reserved top youth scout positions in church-sponsored troops for priesthood quorum leaders, blacks are denied the priesthood and so were therefore denied scout positions. The church claimed that the policy was never intended to foster discrimination in scouting and changed its policy to remove the requirement for priesthood quorum membership for senior patrol leaders. The, the suit was settled upon that change. It was a small but important victory against church discrimination that preceded a total policy change. Young church members were now learning through the scouts to think of their black peers as equals or even leaders. Again, that's from Gizmodo. So basically, mm-hmm. to translate that, um, you couldn't become a top yeah. member unless you could be a priest. Yeah. And that, you know, that was the thing that I was trying to put together is that like, so Joseph Smith, even though he's a hypocrite, yeah, he was like, yes, we should have black priests. Yeah. But then Brigham Young comes in and he's like, no. Well, no, he, he changed it. So here's my theory about that. Yeah. Joseph Smith, right, is the founder. Yeah. What does the founder of every organization want to do? They want to grow it. Yeah. They want to grow it to the maximum extent they can grow it. Mm-hmm. The second one, typically in most organizations, the person who follows the founder yeah. isn't always trying for growth in the same way. They're trying for stabilization. Mm. The, the, the founder of an organization will typically, I have this idea. Nobody believes in the idea. Oh, my God, it's taking off. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever thought of this idea. Yeah. Nobody ever thought about lying about plates. <laughs> right? I don't know. All right. You ever heard of Moses? <laughs> Brigham Young comes in and goes, holy shit, look, we, have fi- we control 50,000 people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose control of 50,000 people. I don't need 60. Mm-hmm. If I control 50, we can keep growing from that. We now have a stable base. Mm-hmm. Let's keep the base and then also do the mission work on top of that to the side. And still be really racist. And still be really racist. Do all those different things. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between their two visions. Joseph is is thinking, wherever I am, I'm trying to grow and take over. Because Joseph was the, he's the creative mind. He is the yep. grifter creative. Yeah. But Brigham Young is the business creative, uh, mm-hmm. the business grifter. Yeah. He's the behind-the-scenes puppet guy. Also, It's Steve Jobs and Wozniak. Wozniak understood the technical side of everything else. Steve Jobs understood marketing. Yeah, exactly. Um, This reminded me of something else I read uh, when I was doing, like, BYU research. Is I found this terrible blog. I'm not going to name it. It's by this crazy person who is obsessed with uh, uh, just 
the worst parts of this religion. Um, basically, it says, in the spring of 2020, BYU changed their honor code to simply state that students are committing to, in quotes, live a chaste and virtuous life, including abstaining from any sexual relations outside of marriage between a man and a woman. Um, now, this is the honor code of BYU. Yeah. It's like part of it, you can get kicked out. You could be, you know, put on suspension or whatever if you are found to be having uh, sexual relations outside of marriage, right? And the issue that this person and others had is this was a change to the honor code because the honor code used to have a second clause, a comma, and then another clause that detailed explicitly that homosexual behavior was also against the honor code. Yeah. And BYU took that out. Yeah. So it was just no premarital sex, but we're not talking about the gay community anymore. And so this person is railing against this mm -hmm. because, you know, being gay is against the religion or all that. But I was thinking about it because it's similar to this Boy Scouts thing in that, like, BYU as a university isn't just for Mormons. Like, they do have a small, 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 small percentage yeah. of people that aren't Mormons that go there. And they don't want to get sued because they're holding somebody who's, like, of a different religion, um, who is homosexual, and then they're going to hold them against honor code, and then they're going to get a lawsuit, like, from the NAACP, mm -hmm. who says, you're going against our civil rights and our liberties yep. because I'm not of your religion. I'm just a student here. Yeah. And so there is a lot of this person, though, this blo these blog articles are wild. These are some of the these are the, the the top article right now says environmentalism, the satanic counterfeit of stewardship. <laughs> um, uh, New Year's resolutions every Latter-day Saint should consider the two reasons BYU spiral into wokeness has has to be corrected. Uh, three reasons Latter-day Saints struggle to receive personal revelations. Oh, that's what it's called. That's what happens when God talks to you. It's called a personal revelation. There you go. That's the God moment. God moment. Um, what would you do if the prophet asked you to stop eating vegetables? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have a lot of likes. Yeah. Um, okay. How a declined dinner invitation taught me the key to fighting pornography in the church. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have a huge problem with porn. They do? Yeah. Why? I mean, I guess that makes sense if you're really repressed. Yeah, no, exactly. There's a lot of porn addiction and stuff like that that runs through it. Um, so real quick, remember how I told you about the planets? Yeah. I forgot. So I forgot another side thing. So remember okay. when we watched Battlestar Galactica? Yeah. Um, that That's based on Mormonism. What? Yeah. Actually, a lot of sci-fi writers, are, and especially fantasy writers, uh -huh. typically have Mormon background as well. What the fuck is this Venn diagram of like L. Ron Hubbard was like a fantasy novel guy too, yeah. right? Yeah. What? Yeah. This so, is crazy. Um, so this is actually from- I'm supposed to be teaching you things. Yeah. So this is from the Wikipedia article on Kolob. Uh, that is a ex-Genesis planet uh, where people, it's, it's complicated, but Kolob <sighs> is part of the entire thing where mm -hmm. when you die, you eventually get your own planet. Okay. Uh, but there's some of the elements of the two Battlestar Galactica science fiction television shows seem to be derived from Mormon beliefs of its creator and chief producer, Glenn A. Larson. In both the original series from 1978 and the 2003 series, the planet Kobol is the ancient and distant mother world of the entire human race 
and the planet where life began. And the lords of Kobol are sacred figures to the human race and are treated as elders or patriarchs in the old series and a version of the 12 Olympians in the new series. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to an academic, this is one of the many plot points Larson has borrowed from Mormonism. Uh, The guy who wrote Ender's Game, a famous uh, science fiction book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a Mormon and a virulent homophobe. Oh. Because uh, if you look at any picture of him, you're like, that man is gay. Oh. <laughs> um, but that there's a lot of I mean, there's just a lot of them. And th- the thing is, that's the reason why I kept saying repeatedly as well, though, we, we want to separate um, people who follow Mormonism versus the organization that is the Church of Latter-day Saints. Uh, oh, well, because, I think that immediately because like, no, all I know Catholics that I know. Well, I know aren't we, the Catholic church. No, I know that. But, and you and I both know we're meaning that, but yeah. we also need to state that because oh, okay. some people will not hear that. Okay. And, um, the reason why is because there are a lot of really great writers. There are a lot of really great people. And also the other thing is if you're ever in Vegas, more than likely you're going to be surrounded by Mormons who work there because they're the people that Howard Hughes trusted more uh, as being the accountants <laughs> and pit bosses because they didn't drink, mm-hmm. they didn't need coffee, and mm-hmm. they weren't allowed to gamble. Yep. But they can own a casino. Yeah. So there we go. Dang. I want to own a casino. This was an episode where we taught each other stuff. Yeah, we've really learned together. Yeah, we really and did. And I want to say that we might be the king and queen of Beaver Island together. We could co-reign if you'd like. Oh, wow. Co-reign. Uh, there can only be one. Stab. Mm. No, this is going to be like Russia. I'm going to win. You're going to win? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Alex is looking at buttons again. So thank you all for listening. Um, thank you for uh, being patrons. And um, also we have a book club coming up this week. Fingers crossed because I've been speed reading through a really fun book. If you'd like to know what the book is, go to my Instagram account, Mrs. Pearlmania 500 where I usually try and put the books that I'm reading on there. Sometimes when the books suck, I just don't post them. Um, so follow me there if you like to see the books I'm reading. So I feel like I'm going to finish this one because every time I start reading it, I get uh, immediately sucked into it because it's so funny. Um, what else? That's about it. Yeah? I, Th- think, I think we're good. Listen, like, comment, subscribe, all the things that everybody says on the internet. Smash that button. Yeah, uh, join our Patreon, leave me comments. Oh, we're going to put up a poll. Are we, is that a thing we're doing? Yeah. I'm going to have a poll coming up soon. I'm, I got to come up with topics oh, for okay. my upcoming topics. Oh, now look who's the lollygagger. Oh, well, you know what? We look just trade, we trade lo- every month on who's lollygagging. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 16. This, uh, this went places. This, we did things. We did. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.